Welcome to yet another Area 51 recording of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, the only podcast to guarantee that it is a gross waste of electrons, no excess carbon emissions, and yet, if you listen, you get to hear stuff. This week's episode is episode number 497. It's another mask mandate day here uh, because we are following CDC guidelines. Everybody here has hopefully uh, had their vaccinations. And some of us will actually be be going in for our booster vaccinations very shortly, myself among them. So tonight, it is another quarantine evening here in Area 51 uh, with tonight's fun question. If it were Back to the Future night, would we be apologizing to the doctor? And which of the 13 doctors would it be? That being said, joining me tonight in Area 51 out of his hamster cage is Commander Cam. Cam, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing most excellent tonight, Dom. And how are you? Um, well, not bad, not bad. In and out of of of, uh, of my my lockdown here in Area 51, but other than that, doing well. Uh, how are things going in the uh, Area 51 Snicker Snack Bar? Oh, it's going good. You know, I've uh, started uh, uh, stocking pixie sticks. Um, I've also oh. started uh, sticking uh, stocking dryad sticks um fairy sticks uh let's see elf sticks uh gnome sticks dwarf sticks did did you get those from gnome alaska the gnome sticks oh yes yes most definitely that's the only place you can go to get really good gnome sticks although no that's not entirely true you can also go to poughkeepsie but you have to take you have to take a left at poughkeepsie to get them and and i understand that Right. I know, I, I was or the right that, at Albuquerque. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and for those of you that don't understand that, you have to go to the Looney Tunes page in YouTube and, and watch it for hours and hours upon end. And you may understand that at that point, you may not. And if you don't, that's just too damn bad. We want to start our show off tonight and talk very quickly with Chris Prue, who is everything and everything having to do with New Hampshire's comic book and pop culture festival, Granite Con 2021, happening September 18th and 19th at uh, at the Doubletree Inn. Um, so let's take just a couple minutes and talk to Chris now. So let's talk for a little bit about what's happening with Granite Con. Well, Granicon, we are back on schedule. 
uh, for 2021 to have a which is freaking amazing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I, my fingers have been my fingers have been permanently crossed all year that we can pull this off. So we're just getting to the finish line, which is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So we're back in person. It's not, I wouldn't say fully normal. You know, we do have. Uh, you know, some COVID restrictions, but, you know, we're trying to make it as fun and safe as possible. So, you know, I think we can, uh, I think we can have a good time. So we've got a great guest list. There's there's a couple of things different this year because one of the things is, uh, is there's a mask mandate this year. Correct. Yep. Um, With the Delta variant going around, uh, we thought it'd be safe to just have everybody mask up regardless of their uh, vaccination status because Which is a good we have thing. a lot of kids that are tender. Yeah. yeah, we have a lot of kids that attend our event and, you know, kids that uh, aren't old enough to get vaccinated. So, um, you know, we want uh, parents to feel comfortable uh, bringing their whole families to the event and knowing that, you know, we're taking as many precautions as possible to have a fun and safe event. And and our, our, we're at the... What was the double tree? What is it this year? <laughs> it's, and it's now permanently the double tree. It's now permanently uh, the double tree. Okay. Yes. Yep. It had bopped around uh, a few different names, but now it has finally landed on it's the double tree by Hilton. So. And is it across the entirety of the ground floor in both areas yep. this year again? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So we're on both sides of the hotel, taking up all the different rooms. So there's plenty of room for you know, uh, still maintaining social distancing uh, in our uh, our panel rooms this year. We usually have a, a couple of small panel rooms, yeah. Uh, but this year, uh, we're just using two large panel rooms um, so that we can spread out our chairs and you know just allow for people to give each other space. So, so what have we got going on for special guests this year in in the big main room? Uh, the special guests. Um, so last year. When we had set up um, uh, our event, it was going to be the 40th anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back. Right. Um, so, uh, but that obviously that didn't happen. So uh, we're kind of doing a, a 41st anniversary of, of the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, we've got uh, three guys that were in, in the movie. Um, John Ratzenberger, you know him as uh, yep. Cliff from Cheers. And Cliff! He's the it's only Cliff! One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's the only one that's been in every Pixar movie. Um uh, Ray Hassett and Mark Capri uh, were both uh, in, in the film. Uh, they had smaller parts, but, you know, it's still going to be cool to uh, hear about their experience working on that movie because, you know, it's the second ever Star Wars movie, so there's a lot of secrets that came out of that movie, cool characters. So uh, I'm sure there was a lot of, uh, you know, luckily it was pre-internet days, so, I mean, if, you know, if that was that movie was made today, we'd have all kinds of leaked pictures of Boba Fett. And, oh, absolutely, and whatnot, yeah. So. <laughs> We were supposed to have Julian Glover uh, with us as well as part of that, uh, but with COVID, he's not able to travel out of England, so we will see him next year. You know, it's, so we'll, it's, talk to, we'll talk to him about the 42nd anniversary of the. There Empire. we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, we're we're so lucky that mm-hmm. we were able to actually have a con this year. Yes. Um With yep. it, with everything that's going on. And, yeah, uh, I was kind of, I, we've been watching those numbers like crazy. So it was, you know, earlier in the year, it was like, eh, are we going to have it? And then as things got better with COVID, we were like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're full of the Yeah, it's no and problem. Then, it's no problem. And then, and then it got weird again. 
Mm-hmm. And, yep. and so now we're like, okay, let's, you know, hold our breath and hope for the best. And yeah, yes. And just do what we can to, you know, just keep it safe. So, um, artist alley and, and that whole big convention hall, that main area, it's going to be a little odd this year. No, I mean, um, I think so. But I mean, I think at this point, um, people kind of know to keep their, you know, keep distance from one another, um, and then I think with the masking, it'll, it'll definitely, you know, uh, be a help, um, you know, to keep everybody feeling comfortable. So I know there's been a couple of shows, uh, so far, I know like fan expos this weekend and, uh, there's been some other smaller shows in the yeah. area. So I, yeah. I think it'll be, I think it'll be cool. I, I, I know for a fact that as much as sci-fi Saturday night wanted to be there, we can't be there this year mm-hmm. for, yep. for, for a number of different reasons. Um, and uh, but we definitely did want to be there. We're definitely going to be there next year, without a doubt. Yep. But uh, it's it's a kind of a cross between I so want to be there, and and it's kind of like shut up and take my money, and and mm-hmm. it's like you know one of those yeah, kind of it's deals. Weird, it's a weird, it's a weird quandary for sure. You know, but I, I can tell you, like hopefully. Before the year is out, we'll have some Granite Con 2022 news for you all, and it'll just build up the suspense for uh, for next year's event. So, so, so like yeah. you're you're, you're going to come on, and we're going to have a really, really long talk about what's happening for 2022 and how sure. we're going to take care of that, and mm-hmm. and, yep. and all that neat stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I'm going to find I'm going to find a way to get up there for for 21 because yep. uh, uh, God, I ju- I just it just isn't right for me not to be there at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know, I'm sure, you know, there's some, you know, people that are in, in the same boat, you know, the, whether it's, uh, you know, off concerns or not, you know, being comfortable just yet venturing out into to larger events. I can totally see that, you know, um, just uh, everybody should know that we're, we, we've been working on 2022 for a while now. We've got a big plan going on uh, for that. We've already got some guests booked for next year. So if you're missing out on this year, like, Next year will be even bigger. So, so 2021 is going to be an interesting Granite Con, and it's going to be at the Double Tree Inn in downtown Manchester, New Hampshire, September 18th and 19th. Be there. Uh, gosh, it's going to be good to have him back. Um, <clears throat> we got a chance uh, a couple of months back. Uh, to talk to uh, W.L. Hawkins. Hawken. Hawken. I keep wanting to put an S at the end of that. It's always the wrong thing to do. And I do it because I'm dumb. Uh, <laughs> and Wendy, I'm sorry I do that. Hi, Wendy. Welcome back to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Hi, and thank you for having me. I am super thrilled today. Well, I'm not as thrilled. thrilled as we are. Um <laughs> Because uh, of three things. Uh, number one, you're a fun guest to have on. Number two, I never know what the hell you're going to say, and that's always fun for me. And number three, uh, you were so nice to us on your website. Uh, you you wrote a very nice thing about us uh, on your website after your last interview. Um, and I um, meant it. You you wrote, and I'm going to quote it here because it was so nice. I mean, many people like 
after we do an interview with them, they're like, don't write anything or they don't bother saying anything or like they'll just go, yeah, I had this interview and here it is. Um, you actually wrote, and I'm, I'm quoting here because when people say nice things, I like to repeat it. I had a blast talking with Dome and Commander Cam on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. If you listen to nothing else, tune into this one and then make Sci-Fi Saturday Night a weekly stop. That's where you find me, May 22nd, 2021. And then you hot-linked us right into that. And golly gee, that was awfully nice of you. Well, I did have a blast. And thank you. And I have been checking out the show, and it's awesome. So, yeah, <laughs> everybody should be on the show watching because listening, <laughs> listening, yes, because it's uh, it's fantastic. Really, well, I don't know if it's fantastic or not, but we have yeah, a good time, and that's all that matters. I mean, if listeners have a good time too, that's even better. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as long as the author and and we have a good time, then that's that's really the important thing. Um, now, as to why Wendy is with us again, it's because we've done the stupidest thing possible with a person <laughs> who's written a series of books. <laughs> Now, normally, when somebody writes a series of books, the smart thing to do is you read the series of books from the beginning to the end. Am I right, Commander Cam? Usually, yes. That is the the, the That's the smart way thing. to do it. Yes, yes, yes. Well, now, but, but not we're me. Saturday night. <laughs> I mean, no. Why would we do the smart thing to do? We've done the dumb thing. We read the last book in the series and we've slowly started to go backwards we started by reading the fourth book in the series which i believe is the last book in the series so far so far and now we we read book number four in the hollyhock uh mysteries holly stone holly stone i'm sorry yes i'm from i don't know just just another (laughs) Dumb comment I'm making. <laughs> Holly Hawk. Is that like My Hulk. Little Pony and Holly Hawk? It's so, no. I don't know where that You know what? Holly Hawk is an amazing place out on the west coast of BC. It's a real gorgeous place where you can go and eat fantastic food and do yoga and stuff like that. Mm. So You're everybody on. You're in on. Canada, I'll people, go with people you. know. Yeah. We'll go. We'll go. Yeah. Once, yeah. Once, once the travel restrictions are done. I'm hopping on a jet plane. We're going. We can take a yacht because I know all about yachts. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I have been invited on a yacht. I don't have Wendy one. Hawk. We'll find one. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. This is getting better by the minute. All <laughs> right. So we were at number four in the Hollystone mystery. Then we decided let's work backwards. And now mm-hmm. Cam and I have read number three. Why we're doing it backwards, I'm not even sure anymore. I'm not sure that this makes any sense at all because everything that we learned about the guys in number four, we're now getting the backstory from in book <laughs> three. And we're going, oh, so that's why that happened in book four, making perfect sense. <laughs> and, and yet, Cam, Cam and I are sitting here tonight going, so you remember in book four when we learned that this happened? Well, this is why it's happening in book three, because in book four, and, and we're just kind of going, 
Well, this may be one of the dumbest things we've ever, maybe not the dumbest. No, 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 not yet. <laughs> and, and yet they do stand alone. So okay. I think you were okay. Like you were okay with book four. You got the complete story. Absolutely. Yeah. And book three really stands alone, I think, even yeah. more. Yeah. Um, the yeah. whole thing is there from start to finish. So if you don't know anything about them from the first two books, you're still okay. And that's one of the things I will say right off the bat is you do an amazing job of making us familiar with all of the characters from Estrada, from Michael, since, to Sancera, and all of the rest of the characters, Daphne. I could go on forever, but I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. But the point being is that you make us familiar with all the characters in the first few chapters so that we don't feel lost, that we feel like we know these characters. And it feels like with each you know, each new story, I'm sure I don't know how a, reg a reader that would read this the normal way, reading from book <laughs> one to four. Lord knows why it, we but, would do that. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> is that we we have this opportunity, you know, to, you know, because I mean, technically, so the way we read it, Dome, we also had that same experience. We know Estrada. We know some of these other characters. Yep. yep. So when but when we see him again, it doesn't feel like we're get we're rehashing stuff. We're just we're meeting these characters again. It's like meeting old friends. But it's also, you know, if you have never met them before, you're just meeting new friends. And that's it's one of the, mm. the, the things I liked about this is you're right. It is. Each one of these is so far is very self-contained. You can mm -hmm. step in and, you, you know, you feel like, you know, you're you're just you're meeting these characters for the first time. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not just meeting the characters for the first time. It's also you're setting up situations and what what you allow the reader to do in this book, uh, which I liked a lot, by the way. And I'm just going to say that right up front. Yay! <laughs> is that you give the reader the opportunity to stick their foot into the pool and slowly immerse themselves into. The, well, not slowly in this case. <laughs> you kind of you kind of dive throw them into the deep end of the pool and immerse themselves into the situation without feeling as if they're drowning into it without flailing around going what's going on why do I not understand this you give them the opportunity to fully understand what's going on without having to go through the the enormity of those first two books mm -hmm. which I appreciate very much because I've already read book four. So I know what happens afterwards. Mm -hmm. Which is which is somewhat helpful, but not particularly helpful. And just to, to interject at this point, mm -hmm. I don't know if we mentioned it. Book four is to, to kill a king. The book we read this time, book three, is to render a raven. So yes. just wanted to throw that in there. Because I didn't mm -hmm. know if we'd mentioned the title yet. That's no, we hadn't sure mentioned we hadn't, the title. So. Why would we mention the title? I know, I know. This is sci-fi <laughs> Saturday Night. What that was, means I think. anything. <laughs> this is the same show where we had a guest and you talk, you and he talked for five minutes before I had to point out we had never introduced the gentleman. So, yeah. Not no, only no, not introduced the from. gentleman, not, but not even <laughs> talked about the book or what the title of the book was. We were so busy talking about other crap. We never yeah, even yes, discussed yes, yes. that he was an author. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was, that's what makes me such a great, great conversationalist, isn't it? Yes, it is. It really is. <laughs> okay. 
So let's talk but a little it, bit about about the setting of these mystery stories and where they come from. Right. Uh, this one is for sure set in the Vancouver area. Yep. I'm a Canadian out here on the West Coast. And um, yeah, so they start out in a, a place called Bunsen Lake, which is a place really close to where I used to live. A woodland kind of a setting with a lake and they do Wicca rituals out there. And uh, some of the folks are living out there right now in a house, which is where the first scene happens. And then we take off pretty much pretty quick after that. <laughs> For a pretty good quick. reason. Good reason. I was going to say, yeah, you, you dive off the deep end very quickly. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to when your baby gets stolen. Oop, did I say that? You did. <laughs> uh, well, but as long as you spoiled it and we didn't, you know, I mean, I, that, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's okay. It says so on the back cover. So I'm okay, not divulging anything that's not part of the spoiler on the back cover. That's was a good gonna, point. I was say, you know. In all the promo for it, in all the write-ups for it, yeah, your baby gets stolen right off mm -hmm. the bat. Mm -hmm. So the whole plot behind the Hollystone Mysteries takes place within kind of a paranormal romance, a, a paranormal um, um, urban... Uh, Fantasy? Kind of. Kind of. It, mm -hmm. Again, it to use something you like to use, Dome, is this one is another one that it's very hard to pigeonhole it into one category. Really, really is hard because you can see a little bit of horror there. Well, a little bit. A, a heck lot. of a lot of horror yeah. in it. You can also see the mystery side of it where they're trying to solve them. They're trying to figure out what's going on. You know, so there is so much there. You know, it is not exactly some a book that, again, you, I mean, on at the base level, you've got magic, you've got the supernatural. So yeah, it's it's kind of fantasy, but there's so much more to it, and it, it's not exactly something you can easily pigeonhole. I'm glad you said that because I just recently changed my tagline. So for a while, I was using edgy urban fantasy with a twist of murder. And then by the time I got to the end of book four, I was like, well, it is and it isn't. It's a it whole lot of other things. It kind of really things. isn't, yeah. And, and, and because I'm a, a genre blender, and I, and I and you, thank you for saying I'm not pigeonholed, because this I think of this as a thriller. Um, that's kind of how I, I look at it. But I just changed my tagline to myth, magic, and mayhem. And I think mm. that fully encompasses kind of what happens over the course of this what I'm hearing is a serial because it's following it's following the one character through four books. If if you're following the one character, then what you need to realize is whatever the character's into at the moment, that's what the book is about. Exactly. It's whatever he tells me he's doing. And I just write it down. You know, we had this conversation. <laughs> now let's talk about the main character. And your relationship to the main mm -hmm. character. Mm -hmm. Main character's name, let's refresh the audience, is Estrada. Estrada. He is, and he is a um, a magician at a, a Vancouver goth club, a, st a stage magician 
So he has all that shtick, like he can do all those magic tricks and he's got some skills. He's got, he, he's practiced a lot of Houdini stuff so he can hold his breath and he can, he can do a lot of things like that. He can get out of straight jackets. He can take off ropes. He's, he's a bit of an escape artist. So he has all that legitimate kind of stuff. Plus he has a few high priest things because he's the high priest of a Wicca coven. So he's, he also can, uh, he has some diverse skills in that he's a little bit of a shaman himself. And you, you, you caught some of that in this, in this book. You very much do yeah. uh, with his relationship with spirits of the earth and, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and um, mm-hmm. other things. Mm-hmm. Let's just leave that there. <laughs> um, but as to your relationship with him. You have mm-hmm. a very close, you as a writer have a very close relationship with this character. And that comes from your relationship with the character mm-hmm. in that you and your character talk a lot. We do. We spend a lot of time talking. And, uh, he is like a super good friend for me. Yeah. It's it's an amazing it's an amazing thing. And also Michael Stryker. So there like that whole that whole group of um people uh talk to me, but Michael and um Estrada in particular are uh are friends and I don't know, they're bad boys. Who who doesn't like a bad boy? What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> What can I say? <laughs> yeah. So writing these four books has become more of conversations with a couple of your friends. Yes. Uh, uh, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when we got into this last time, I became rather flummoxed during the conversation. And and in going over it, um, in my head, I, I've come into more term with it than, than I did at the time. And I think I've begun to understand to some degree, what it was you meant. Mm-hmm. So let me see if I understand it a little better now than I did before. Okay. Um, so in talking about book five, which I'm assuming you're working on now. Not yet, because I told him he needed to give me some time because I've got two other books to get out. <laughs> so I'm assuming, I'm, I'm assuming he's been impatient. <laughs> he's... I, he already showed me some stuff he's planning to do after the cliffhanger <laughs> in book four. And uh, that has a lot to do with this book. Cause you'll under, you understand it now. Now you understand the cliffhanger in book four, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And yep, yep. What, what the potential is for book five. Absolutely. If, if we go there, but how we go there is going to be up to him when I say, okay, let's go. Well, I I don't know that if we go, there's an option for you. No, probably not. <laughs> but I, but, I, but honestly, I, I I do have to. I got these two books that are you know ready to go out pretty much. They're they're kind of in final revisions, and you know I already stopped the one once so that I could write book four, and and so I'm like, just let me let me get these two out there. They're completely different books, but I'm really chomping at the bit to get back with these guys because. I miss them. Yeah, I miss them. And I, I really want to know what's going to happen because I don't know. <laughs> so when, when you sit down to write, mm-hmm. 
is it difficult to block out time for other things when you know that they're waiting for you? Yeah. Yeah. When I'm when I'm in the middle of a write, that's what's happening all the time. So I might be like driving out to get groceries and I'm going down the wrong roads and um, I'm just like in it. And uh, I do a lot of walking and I'm listening to them and I'm dreaming it. And then I wake up and I've got all of this stuff and then I write it all down in however, whatever I'm doing at the time. So sometimes I type it. Sometimes I just like wake up in the middle of the night and fill up notebooks like, oh, they're going to do that now. And I just write it all down. Yeah, this book, To Render a Raven, was the, the first book that I really, really just let them tell me the story. So some of the things that happen, I was like, really um, <laughs> surprised by the climax, which we better not talk about. But the, the climax was harrowing and and um, decidedly so. Yes. Yeah. And and I really didn't know what was going to happen there. And uh, yeah. So. What happens when you disagree with the way in which a book is leading? I don't. I haven't. You don't? Had, no. This, this is really, it's almost like a channeled uh, piece where, you know, I say, okay, well, what happens next? And then it happens and I, and I, and I write it all down. Now I did spend some time, um, working out the characters because there's mm -hmm. some new there are new characters in here the vampire characters we haven't actually said that word yet <laughs> this is this yeah, is we haven't book, this is a book about vampires the ravens they're, are they're in there, yeah. the the ravens are vampires so when to render a raven is is really about yeah <clears throat> the vampires and and I did spend time creating those uh, vampire ravens, and I love those guys. Um, I just had a lot of a lot of fun with that. But as to the actual plotting of what happens, I really leave that up to the muses to tell me. And I haven't said no. You can't do that. You know. You just, just don't. You don't disagree with them at all. No, I haven't. I haven't rewritten anything. I haven't changed anything from what I eventually, like I originally got. So. But it does sound like you at least add on, because like I know that if I were telling you something that happened to me, there that's a point of view. But you sound like you at least take the time to add some details, if I'm understanding you correctly, that maybe makes it a little easier for the reader to read. But <clears throat> otherwise, it is still purely the story as it is told to you. Yeah, well, it's up, my job is to actually come up with the right words, yeah. right? Like I have yeah. to take what, what I, so if you're watching a movie and then you have to write the movie script based on the movie, think about it like that. Yeah. So you see That's a movie. That's what I'm thinking. And, yeah, so then, so then I have to, to, okay, so we're taking a yacht up the coast. Then I'm like, oh, well, I better shop for yachts. And so then my job is to go in and look. And I did that. I, I had a great time shopping for yachts. I had to find two yachts, one for the bad guys and one for the good guys. And, and uh, you know, went on to all these like um, BC yacht sites and uh, 
And then I had to get that all in my mind, like what it was like inside the yacht, who was sleeping where, and all of that part is me. Um, mm -hmm. Except they kind of tell me who's sleeping with who. So <laughs> just that part <laughs> I don't have too much control over. Um, so yeah, so if you think about it like that, that's, and then I have to decide what words. So the words are all me. Right. Right. The phrasing, but the, the progression, choice of words. But the regression itself, that's coming from them. That's coming from them. Yeah. Um, yes. So sometimes I go with them. So here's, here's an example. Um, you know, there is a scene there where they take a shamanic journey. Do you remember mm -hmm. that? Yep, okay. yep, yep. Okay, so I take shamanic journeys myself. And, and when I do it, I use actually a um, uh, earphones and I, I listen to uh, a CD or whatever it is. I listen to a track from Tim Norton, which is shamanic drumming. And I'll like lie flat out on the floor and with, this, with these drums going in my ears. And, and I visually take the shamanic journey. And I did that journey with Estrada and Dove. So um, that, I was with them. So I went down, I went down in under, into the underworld with them and all the things that they saw there, I was seeing with them as they went. And, um, and then I was able to sit, and then I sat up and I wrote it. And that's what, that's how it ended up, which was kind of fun. So essentially, <laughs> for those of you listening at home, <laughs> what's he going to say? There are two different know. kinds of books that you write. There are books that are written with the assistance of your friends and books mm -hmm. that you write on your own. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are more of my friends. Like the last two books I, I wrote, I actually used the same process. So I could say what happens next and I could see it. But mm -hmm. I didn't, I don't have the same relationship and the love for those characters. I'm going to say love because I definitely have a love relationship mm -hmm. with Estrada. I mean, I think it comes through. Um, and, and I can tell the difference in my writing even like my writing style changes. So that's interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting because <clears throat> your characterization and the way in which you approach and stylize your writing is significantly different. Mm -hmm. It is. It is different. I think if you read something, well, hopefully you will, down the road that I've just I, written one of these new books, because um, I do have a paranormal one coming up, um, but I think you'll see a difference in the style. And I want to read it because I yeah. want to see what Curious. the difference is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. These, want... these books... These books are very much more poetic, I think. Like they're almost like the, there's a lot of poetic kind of prose in them, um, yeah. which just happens, you know. I mean, another interesting thing is lately, not long ago, but three weeks ago, I wanted to go on a shamanic journey myself. And I actually 
took Estrada with me. So he, he went with me like in my journey. So he held my hand, he took me to the tree and then we got to the tree and he said, okay, you're going to go down yourself. So he, it, it's really interesting. So we've got kind of a, a thing going back and forth. People are going to think I'm nuts. I realize as I'm saying this, <laughs> but um, you know, I'm being you really that? honest. I'm being really honest with you. That that is where I'm at. I'm a very spiritual person, and I and I do this kind of work. And he he is because he's a shaman. I thought, yeah, I can go with him. He can take me on this journey that I need to go on. And it was it was a healing journey for me. And it was it was wonderful. It was really important. And he was there when I came back up again. And um, yeah. What I find <clears throat> most interesting. Is that. These. Characters of yours. Are somehow more than characters mm -hmm. and have given you the opportunity to make them uh, and I'm I'm not sure how best to describe it because to say that you've anthropomorphized them is wrong mm -hmm. that's not the correct word Kind of like the velveteen rabbit <laughs> a little bit um they're real mm. they're real they're real to me and that's what matters right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the important thing for you is that as you created them the more the more you create with them, the more real they become, the more you could create with them. And we're talking five books later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you, when you add to that, the spiritual nature with which you've imbued them, mm -hmm. gives them real special significance, not just to the books, but to you as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At what point, early on in book one, did you realize that they made that step from from that to that? There's a dumb question. <laughs> you haven't read book one yet. I think you should read book one next. No, no, no. That just makes no sense. <laughs> no, no. Seriously, we should read book, book two, two next. Then book then one, read you know, book I mean, one. That, that, to read it, you know, like that would just make no sense whatsoever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why would I read book but, one first? Come but on. But yes, I completely, <laughs> I completely agree with you, Wendy. We really do need to read the other two books as well, uh -huh. whatever order we read them in. <laughs> Boy, that yeah. question didn't make any sense at all, did it? 
I know. <laughs> but no, it's so it's, much I, fun. I can answer right. that, though. I can answer that. It that's happened the, pretty, that's the it dumbest happened pretty thing quick. Okay. It happened pretty quick. Um, yeah, it happened pretty quick. And I think it's because Estrada came fully loaded to me. And and he he was he was fully developed, and I mean I'm looking at a picture of him right now. I'm not going to tell. I have sometimes. Well, actually, my Pinterest site has pictures of him. So if anybody's <laughs> really curious and you want to go to WL Hawk and Pinterest, there is a board called Estrada's Cool, and there are pictures of the actor who I see when I'm. <laughs> Writing Moving him to Pinterest as we speak. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. But, you know, I think that knowing because I know who this actor is, um, I think he would just be horrified if he knew <laughs> what I had him, his lookalike, doing. <laughs> Can I put it like that? It's a um, possibility. I think he might be. I think he might be. So we won't mention any names, but. Okay. Um, but yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, you're funny. So yeah. So once, once I kind of when he when I came, we came and I visualized him, and and then I and then I I will get a picture so that it just makes more sense to me if I can see pictures. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you envision? this happening again with another character i sure hope so i mean it would be great but i don't know what to, what i would do with this one i mean he's a free spirit so he'd be okay with it but it, it's um yeah it would have to be somebody you know really really powerful right He's a powerful guy, and and that's part of it for me. I don't know so much that he's a powerful guy, that you're, as much as you're a powerful writer. Oh, thank you. Because I think the important thing is that your mind is doing some great things here mm. and and it's working at a number of different layers at the same time and that allows you to contextualize this character these characters at a number of different levels mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in doing so you bring to the written page a number of very multi-leveled characters, um, uh, very complex, very well-developed, very interesting, very, did I say complex already? I'm gonna, yeah. say, it. Yeah. I'm gonna say it again. Complex characters to the Holly Stone mysteries mm -hmm. that are fun, that are interesting, that are just really, really catchable. 
Mm. Whether you read the books in order or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's definitely, I, I agree with you, Dome. There's characters. In fact, even in To Render a Raven, there's characters in there that, I mean, if, if you may not, I mean, please uh, deeply forgive me here, Wendy, but, you know, maybe you're not an Estrada fan. But there's other characters that you can certainly bond with and find, you know, that that character that will, you know, lead you through these stories. And mm-hmm. there are so many characters, even your your, you know, your little coven of vampires. Or that's probably not the right term for vampires, but I don't know mm-hmm. a lot of vampires, so I don't know you know, mm-hmm. what they call themselves in groups. But but your little group of vampires is actually rather interesting. And oh, yeah. It was so interesting to learn their backstories. Mm-hmm. And everything about them. And it just, each one of these characters is just, like I said at the very beginning, there's a lot of depth there and there's a lot. And it, it makes sense when we listen to what you have to say about where these characters come from. These mm-hmm. characters are just standing here going, so you literally are now having a conversation with them. You know them. And so therefore it is it is no problem for us to feel like these are real because they are real. And because mm-hmm. you are putting them down on the page, all mm-hmm. you're doing, like you said to me, is you're you're applying words to who they are. And I think that's what's so great about these characters is that. It, it, but it goes back to what Dom said. There is an amazing talent in you because, yeah, I can watch a movie and ask me to leave and write a novel about it is not going to happen. <laughs> I'm and, right. And. And, to, and you do have a skill. I mean, you, they are telling you what happened. They're showing you the movie. But there's also an amazing skill to put the words and craft them into such a degree that I think is just, it's absolutely fantastic. And I absolutely love it. In fact, mm-hmm. as I was telling Dome, in fact, I was kind of telling you before we agreed that I wasn't going to say this until we got on the air. I actually love this book more than I did To Kill a King. You know, because... Mm-hmm. Even when I read to, to Kill a King, I'm reading it that and I'm going, but what's this whole story about vampires over here? And <laughs> once I read it, I'm going, wow, yes, this is really the story that I, you know, we should have done first. But, you know, but well, technically we should have done the first book first, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> the point being is that this was such a fun book. This was such an interesting book. Mm-hmm. This was such a deep book. And it it. One of the things that I've always said that I've said about this book to Dome is that one of the things that comes away with this book is actions have consequences. Mm. And sometimes they're not the consequences you expect, but there are there. And this is what's so great about this story is there are consequences and it's these characters having to deal with them, whether they like it or not. Thank you. Thank you for saying all of that. It is actually my favorite book. And and I don't know if that comes across or not, but it really it really is my favorite book. I love it. And it's funny because I've had people say, oh, I don't read vampires. Oh, I don't read genre. Um, and they, some of them don't want to do it. But then I've had other people who say, well, I don't read it, but you wrote it. So I'm going to read it. And they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> I love this. Um, and because it's not about genre, it's about people. Yes. Very it's about the so, people. And I agree with it you. really is. And and I mean, there's a point in this in this novel where you say, "Do you ever stop them?" Well, there's a point in this novel where um, Michael Stryker, who is it? I love Michael Stryker. He is definitely 
messed up. And if you read book two, there's a little bit of an ex. Oh, actually, we saw. Oh, we talk about that in this book. Why he's yeah. kind of the way he is. Oh yes, we his, do. His yeah, his backstory comes through, and um, in this story, and there's a point where you know he crosses a line, and 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 when he did that, I was like, man, you you're you're crossing a line. I don't know if I can. What am I going to do with this? But I can't, I can't stop him. I mean, he's, he's on his own trajectory and what happens happens. And yeah, I don't want to say too much, but you know, it's, it's kind of, it was sad for me. You know, it was, it was a little bit heartbreaking. A lot of the stuff that happened here and um, because of the horror, nobody said horror before. I like that. I didn't think yeah, about it as horror, but yes, I guess it is. There is a little is. bit of horror there. There's a flavor of horror that definitely was not in book four. Book four, I would not have said there was a single bit of horror. There is yeah. definitely a feeling of horror right down to like just the, the, the fact that, you know, the vampires have the ability to become ravens. And this, mm -hmm. this imagery that you use with the ravens is just so amazing and so it it is definitely horror in my opinion and mm. i've read quite a bit of horror um through the with through the books that we read through this uh podcast we do and it it definitely there is a we taste of horror there <laughs> yep <sighs> there are four books in the series thus far <clears throat> we have hinted enough that there is a fifth one coming we will <laughs> hold our breath for it and between now and then, I guess we will have to read books one and two. <clears throat> Until then, <laughs> we will hang on to the Hollystone mysteries for what they are, which is darn good writing. And we will hang on to Wendy Hawk. And Wendy, thank you so much for coming by tonight. I can't thank you enough for being here with us. Thank you. I, as I said, I really love talking. I really love talking to you guys. It's just, it makes my day. It makes my week. I've been waiting for the last two months. I'm like, when am I going to be on that show again? And uh, <laughs> I was just so glad. I'm like, oh, yay, it's finally here, you know. Oh, um, thank you so much. You're welcome back yeah. anytime at all. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just want to say one thing before we go. Okay. I hope it won't take us off on a tangent, but there, you know, when we go up the coast by yacht, um, yes. I, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I spent uh, a year being a relief lighthouse keeper. And um, so you might have seen that in the book too. So there's the one lighthouse that they get to, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Chatham Point, uh, where uh, the fog comes in. And, yes. you yep. know, Estrada says, of all the things I thought that could happen, Fog was not one of them, right? He was not prepared for that. He was up for like, you know, fighting and vampires and all that stuff, but fog was not not one of them. Um, I worked at that lighthouse at Chatham Point and it was, it, the woman that worked there uh, before me was known for blaring her foghorn. And <laughs> some of the things that I saw out there were, are in the book. So the, um, the orcas, of course, the, the humpbacks, and the Pacific white-sided dolphins. You know, I was standing out there one day and they came down the strait, <clears throat> hundreds of them. And it's just like this roiling force of water that's coming down the strait. So that part was really cool that I got, 
I got to add all that stuff. So all of those kinds of descriptive pieces, they tell me what's happening, but the rest of the stuff that's going on is me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I noticed that. I really did notice a lot of that, that there was all those descriptives and I was sitting there going, those sales feel definitely feel because somebody's telling you something, they're not going to add the descriptives. Those have felt very much like you. And thank you for adding the orcas. I really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love the dolphins. That was me. Yeah, the dolphins, uh, they're amazing. I have um, a blog called Life on the BC Lights that I created that year that I was a lighthouse keeper. I'm still working on it. And I think I probably have some video of them on there. But if not, I could show you. Um, It's pretty fantastic. But even just Google Pacific white-sided dolphins and you can see see what it looks like when they come down the the strait. I also had a ferry boat almost come through my window one night. Like I was, I woke up in bed and it was like the window was open because we don't need curtains. We're out in the middle of nowhere. And this like lighted up thing was coming straight, straight at me. And I was like, holy moly. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I'm, I'm well, uh, I'm well aware of ferry boats, (laughs) the damage they can do. (laughs) Yeah. So all those little tricks are in there too. Anyway, thank you. No, thank you. Thank you so much for everything. And uh, when, when, when you're ready with book five or with one of your new books, mm-hmm. let us know and, and, and come on back. Or one and two. Bill. Or one and two. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Just, you know, <laughs> or, or just we'll talk about the lighthouse and, and, uh, and orcas and porpoises. The, the, the last book that I wrote is actually called Ghost Light, and it is a paranormal romance that is set at Nutka Lighthouse, which is on the West Coast, and I spent eight weeks there. It's a very historic place. It's the first place Captain Cook came, and the first place the Spanish and the English fought with the Indigenous people. And um, I've got some really good stories about that. But So I, while I was there, I was like, oh man, this is a great place to set a mystery novel. So it's actually a paranormal mystery with romance thrown in. Ooh, yeah. sounds good. So that's coming down the pipe, hopefully in a year. Cool. Or so. Or before. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so want to go. <laughs> I, 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 I guess we'll be talking again soon. Definitely. Okay. All right. I guess we have to say goodbye. I guess we do. Well, no. <laughs> We don't have to say goodbye. We'll say talk again soon. Talk exactly. again soon. Yes. Be well. Be safe. Do my best. You too. Yeah. Yeah. Be free. And thank you. Thank you very much. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Granite Con, Plastic City Comic Con, and the Upper Valley Comic Expo. We are also sponsored by Dreamforge Magazine, a superb magazine of fantasy and science fiction, and Comic Art House. Visit Comic Art House for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. And if you're looking for a really great gift book for that rapidly approaching semi-annual Fairbanks Melt Day celebration, consider a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology, My Peculiar Family now on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. My Peculiar Family, the audiobook, is available on Audible, because I'm not sure where else you can find it. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts. 
For more of his amazing stuff, just look at robwattsonline.com. And don't forget to try the Watt sauce. We have. We love it. Our outro was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. You can find Lawrence Made Me Cry's music on Bandcamp. And a whole lot of love to Jojo and Celine. Many thanks to the gang from his booking books. Thank you, Captain Cam. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus, we all refute entropy. Better things are coming, Stacy. Stay strong, Liz. So, unless it's daytime, good night, everybody. That sounds good. That sounds perfect.